0: Hello everyone, this episode April 16th, 2023, Sunday is the weekday that this episode is published and this episode will be the official start of my two month break after it's published, which it already is, but I decided that I needed to clarify more of what I'm saying because I usually think through my episodes and I said there's more that I could say and should say and would say. and These are all necessary for me to state. But I want to explain more about my solo polyamory. Um, I I decided from now on I'm going to put articles in my own words. This is gaiety.co. So let me talk as if I wrote the article, but you know where the source came from. So let's get directly to the point. My solo polyamory is about my having multiple ethically intimate relationships, but I do adhere to an independent lifestyle that works well for me for instance because I am solo poly I I will I refuse to live with my partners I refuse to get married I refuse to share finances I refuse to do room mating. I refuse to do pet owning and I refuse to be in the exclusivity called monogamy. Sometimes my solo poly is referred to as single-ish, which I am. My solo poly is also my single poly. That means that I am alone physically in terms of how I live my life Um, and at the same time I'm single meaning I'm by myself without anyone else to be committed to even though I have again intimate relationships, I have true friends, I have a chosen family. So I'm not exactly a loner. Um I refuse to quote unquote rank my partners according to importance. And I'm not i I'm not strongly invested in relationship anarchy. So, as a solo polyamorous person, I do experience sexual attraction. um, Because non-sexual intimate relationships do not work out well for me. But I respect the fact that non-sexual relationships work out well for those that it works out well for. Um, I'm proud of the fact that I to be represented in a flag. So the solar polyamory flag um, that I learned about just now, um, it does have a circle with three stripes and the colors are blue, red, and black. So that's what's featured in the circle. It's a fan made flag and the symbolism is not specified, which I think is awesome. So again, unlike traditional polyamory, I, meaning Antonio Myers, does practice solo poly. Because again, I do not consider myself a part of a committed relationship. As a solo poly practitioner that I am, I also refrain from being strongly invested in adhering to the quote-unquote relationship escalator, um, which does represent the milestones and goals that define most relationships that are societally understood, even the all the other forms of polyamory that society is still understanding, slowly but surely and steadily. Um as such as a solo poly person I do not engage in these following activities um I'm I'm not getting engaged um I'm not having any children and I'm not raising my own children in any kind of way and I'm not using serious relationship type of labels, and meeting partners as family and friends are optional. Depends on if they're comfortable because I don't, I don't care if they want me to. Great, they don't. Cool. As long as the reasons make sense, I live and let live, and I mind my own business. So. I am not a commitment phobe. Um, Even though I do tend to avoid the markers of fully committed relationship, it does not mean that I am incapable of actually committing to one because I am. Like I said, I, I have a husbandry way about myself and I have a family man, family person way about myself. Meaning if I were to do exclusive monogamy and have children and share the finances and the pet owning and remaining with my life partner, I could exceed in all those things if I wanted to because I have those traits about me. I just choose not to have all of those aspects of life that many people um, have been taught that everybody should have. In fact, one of the reasons why I practice other polyamory is because I'm more aware of what I ethically want and ethically need out of human relationships and human partners. Um... And I must admit, as a solo poly person, I may I do even find myself multiple commitments that are so not defined by the traditional signifiers of human relationships. In other words, I'm committed to quality of life of my partners, I'm committed to the well-being of my partners, and I'm committed to the experiencing growth and betterment of of life with my partners and that so I do non-traditional commitments as such my solo polyamory lifestyle best suits me because I greatly value independence and it's never because I want to avoid commitment I'm not a commitment avoiding person in terms of inadequacy and insecurity. Trauma complexes have nothing to do with my solo polyamory. And some, you know, some people would say that I just want to have a lot of sex and that's an excuse. Here's what I here's what I say to that. It's gonna be long. When I was growing up, college age years, there were times, and like I said in the past episode, I did try to be celibate because I felt um, overwhelming, raging guilt for what for the for the sexual imbalance permeating my own existence at the time. So there were times where I didn't always have sex. There were times where I was going to do the celibacy thing. But I would meet women and the trauma would seize me and the sex would occur as a result. So I um, I have been involuntarily celibate for, for, for some years now because... I needed to, I needed recuperation, recovery from trauma-inspired sexuality, and my sexual orientations, my gender identity, are not trauma-inspired, they are, at the moment of conception, being my nature-inspired, there's a difference, so, um, there were times where I was with women in college, and, you know, not women students, the women in Florida, not all of them, but a lot of them in the Leesburg, Orlando type of area, and um, I can admit that um, I had a tough time with not adhering to sexual wellness. And I didn't mean for that to happen. Trauma is such a monster. So, I had to learn how to space it out sexually. Like, having a lot of sex does not automatically mean that everybody who does that is sexually reckless like as long as you space it out give your body um plenty of time to recover and recuperate because sex is such an all-around workout it's its own gym and after any type of physical um emotions and external activity, you need to rest thyself. And sex, trying to have a sex life after trauma, most survivors struggle with that. I haven't met a survivor who didn't. Um, I'm talking about sexual trauma survivors. So what I've done now is I've rebuilt my relationship with sex. I decided to maintain a relationship with sex, but I decided to build it back better from scratch. So I'm building myself back better sexually. I'm dismantling the sexual lies and I'm reforming sexual truths that do not scar me, who I'm with, and everybody else. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of sexual reformation and sexual dismantling, meaning I'm removing the lies, I'm inserting the truths, and I'm holding on to the truths and keeping the lies out. So ho- I'm holding on to the sexual truths, and I'm keeping out the sexual lies and banishing them. So having a lot of sex, I to think about, it's not a bad thing because there's a reason why some people have high urges. There's healthy hypersexuality. You can be hypersexual with one person because hypersexual does not uh, mean everybody being promiscuous. It means that you can have a lot of sex with one person. So you can be hypersexual with one person. Um, a lot of people are that way. Not every hypersexual is hypersexual with a lot of people. You can, like, mono- not all monogamy is exclusive. You can have casual sex with a person. So my being ambiamorous means that. Could it be possible that in my future. I could have casual sex with a person. Perhaps. And I decided. I did not want my life. To be the type of life where. That I allow sexual brokenness to hijack me. I have fixed myself sexually, but I didn't start the sexual brokenness. The traumatizers did. I'm just sexually repairing myself. Um, I sexually um, am molding myself better, getting out of the sexual mold and sexual fold of the trauma And I'm I'm getting into healthy sexual sexual mode that's good for the better. So I've learned to space it out like weeks at a time. At least a week or two. And then you can have sex a week or two. Recover. Then have sex again. Because if you have sex literally all the time, you're going to cause yourself genital issues. Um... A lack of cum issues, a short supply of cum issues, um, genital injuries, um, breathing issues, um, b- potential bodily disfigurement, and, you can, uh, and you'll and you face constant out- sexual out-of-body experiences that are traumatic and, you know, sexual dissociation experiences where... <sighs> You're not feeling like you're present on Earth. And it was all traumatic. So I decided a lot of sex is not bad as long as you space it out. And as long as you pace yourself. You pace, you space it out to pace yourself. You pace yourself to space it out. Like you, you can have a lot of sex and still sexually slow yourself down. I decided to live my life sexually in the medium lane. Not too fast not too slow, right? I I am living medium and dying old. That's how I live my life, and I live that way sexually, and I'm living medium. I'm not living too fast. I ain't living too slow. I'm not living in the too fast lane. I'm not living in the too slow lane. I'm living in the medium lane. These are all my life models, and I apply them all to sex, right? So I decided in the past I was taught have as many adult female sexual partners as you can. That's how sexual intercourse goes. That is a sexual lie. I decided I'm going to focus on high quality people and having high quality relationships, high quality people. If that means I end up having a lot of sex, then that's healthy, a lot of sex. Now, if I meet a small amount of high quality people and I have sex with them, it may not be a lot, cool. Or if it's a lot with them, cool. If it's, I meet a lot of people who are high quality, but I have some sex with them, that's not a lot. That's cool too. I decided to not fixate myself on quantity like I was taught to. I said, now what I'm going to do is space it out, pace myself, uh, recover myself, recuperate myself, get myself um, smoothed out. And then when I have sex again, it's like, okay, I recovered Um, well enough and I recuperate well enough then I can do it again but I've learned with sex instead of rushing to it like I was taught to back in the much younger days I now naturally ease myself to it everything about the sex is natural now regarding my life and I decided I did not want to live a life where I'm treating women and people in general as uh, jousting um, video game type of competitions, Grand Theft Auto style, where whoever comes through, I just got to go at. And I'm just like, I don't do that sexually anymore. What I do now is I don't allow my horniness to get to my head. That's what happened back then. Tr- trauma does that for us survivors So I don't let anything go to my head. What I do is I'm like, look, I can acknowledge the horniness, but I can still be horny and humane. You can be humanely horny and hornily humane. Back then, um, organized crime was filled with inhumane horniness, and people are hornily inhumane. And I decided I will never be living that way. And um, if I can help it, I'm choosing to help it. So, you know, as a person who is solo poly, I have gone long periods without sexual intimacy. And for a while, I used to think I was asexual because i remember in long periods of not watching porn, not masturbating, um, not having interest in sex. I think it was because of the trauma. But I've learned that for the most part, I won't be viewing uh, porn and erotica. I will on occasion. But for the most part, I'll be without it. But I'll still indulge um, occasionally. Because I'm learning that sex for me was cartoonish. It was... A, it was a sexualized showtime at the Apollo. And I decided I didn't want to have sexual ways like that again. I'm not asexual, by the way, as you already know. But for new listeners, I'd say that. Um, the type of relationship structures that you already know that I'm adhering to because I publicly said it. It does not have any bearing on how much sex I have nor, des- or, nor desire. So... As a single person, single, solo, polyamorous person, I do have the ethical sex relationships that I I do need as a, as a human being, <laughs> given that I do always and forever practice emotional safety first, <laughs> then sexual safety second, and with enthusiastic consent, with enthusiastic reverence. Um, So that's how I am. So i am no longer, because I noticed that people who don't care about quantity, they end up having the most sex because they're not trying to. I decided I wanted, I, I need to be that type of person. I said, wait a minute, I already am that type of person by nature. People who compete for sex have the least amount of sex. People who just focus on being a better person each and every day. The amount of sex that people like me, that that, that we tend to have is like, wow, I didn't think it would be this much because I didn't put a quantity amount to it. I'm not even, I wasn't even trying to have sex. I was just doing my therapeutic techniques, self-caring, um... And being into wholesomeness and I just attracted a lot of people who feel that way and you know the eroticism between us was lit and thing you know we're dipping each other dipping into each other it's just real so I feel like that's gonna happen to me at the same time It's not about the amount for me. It's okay. I'm in sexual relationships that are free of any kind of cautionary tales, right? Because that's important for me. Um, Because I was forced to engage in because of trauma. Uh Cautionary tale-based sex relationships, red flag-based sex relationships, red herring-based sex relationships, warning signs-based sex relationships, stranger danger-based sex relationships, um, trauma c- compound, trauma complex-based sex relationships. So I've learned those are not the type of sex relationships I want because they're not because they're inauthentic sex relationships which are really not sex relationships at all When I deeply think about it It's just grabbing sex But there's no healthy sexual There's no healthy self relationship Therefore you can't have a healthy relationship with others If you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself um, You can't sexually give to others What you don't sexually give to yourself I can't present to you What I, I lack for me so, that's what I, I, I've learned, like, basically, my I have sex for all the morally correct reasons now, for all the morally excellent reasons now, all the moral integrity reasons now. So, my sex relationships are mor- moral integrity-based, um, moral excellence-based, and moral prosperity-based, and morally correct, cor- moral... Morally correct base. So, also I want to. Um, plus, what makes my sex life great is that I have healthy sexual accountability. I have healthy sexual responsibility. Um, I also have the right people to help me make sure that I am. I wouldn't say screening, but. I am engaging in healthy dialogues before I have sex, you know, I have people to help me to, I have the right people now to help me to make sure that before I do sexually anything with a person that I need to not overlook anything that could be hazardous about them, like a healthy interview, healthy screening, if you want to call it that, like uh, basically wholesome inspector gadget behavior. That's not creepy, not illegal, not immoral, but when it comes to sex, you have to um, No, you have to make sure that the knowledge is suitable for your decision on what you do based on the knowledge you receive. So if I understand that, okay, I'm talking to this person and It's obvious they're feeling hot and horny, and I'm feeling it too. I need to make sure they're hot and horny makes sense. I need to make sure they're hot and horny, and my hot and horny makes sense, and I need to make sure our being hot and horny has nothing to do with running from problems, running from issues, running from conflicts, running running from traumas, running from difficulties, and imposter syndrome, and impersonating, and doing impressions, you know, being somebody being somebody that you're not has nothing to do with betrayal, trauma, and has nothing to do with I'm using you to go about healing myself incorrectly, which means you don't heal at all. So I have those type of people now that, can, that are helping me to learn because I'm doing the work. They're doing the work and we're both talking. It's like, hey, you know, this is what you need to watch out for. This is what you need to look out for. And then, some people would say that my solo polyamory isn't a legitimate relationship structure, which is a falsehood. Um, I am performing polyamory correctly. My solo polyamory isn't one of my valid lifestyles and one of my valid love styles, given that I do have clear relationship agreements. I do show the utmost respect from my partners because I show the utmost respect for myself first and I am appropriately transparent about any logical changes and appropriate boundaries that I want to make because I need to make them and my solo polyamory will last forever But I want to make this clear. Like any relationship structure, gender, identity, or sexual orientation, solo polyamory is not fixed. For some people, you know, some people don't understand that. But it's the truth. Um, My solo polyamory, speaking for myself, does last forever. And yes, my gender identity and my sexual orientation are all natural. Um... They'll always be with me. And then it says it there were lifestyles that know that I stopped living because I recognized it didn't suit me. Which means I utilized my agency to change it. So if it said it says if you eventually find that the lifestyle or love style no longer suits your needs and wants you have the agency to change. It. And remember, like any relationship structure, gender identity or sexual orientation, solo polyamory is not fixed. So some solo polyamorous people do eventually decide that they're monetizing traditional relationship structures while some so other solo polyamorous people like me... I have decided that traditional relationship structures don't fit me because I am non-traditional, unconventional by nature. So I don't do conventional relationship structures. That being said, I am perfectly happy practicing my solo solo polyamory for the rest of my life. And yes, solo polyamory is for me. I do greatly value my independence and my freedom but I do want to share my experiences with more than one partner. And I have already considered solo polyamory. For example, dyadic relationships does make me feel suffocated. My committing to someone, just one person, involves a lot of laborious, hard work, and the bombarding of repetitive compromise. So, partnered, you know, committed partnerships, you know, committed relationships tend to rob me of my independence. Therefore, my practicing my polyamory does grant me more freedom to put my sensible desires first and my reasonable needs first because I've already established the clear boundaries effectively. Therefore, I have effective boundaries that are clear. So that's what I am committed to. I do know exactly what I want and I need. Typical relationship expectations don't meet my needs nor my wants, so I do not adhere to them. Solo poly practitioners like myself, we know what we want. Therefore, I do easily, but more importantly, effectively communicate my needs and my wants to potential partners. And um, I do communicate well, as you already know. And it says, all relationships require clear communication, including friendships, and I'm good at that. When practicing my solo poly, however, It can sometimes, but not all the time, be especially challenging for partners for like, you know, their needs and their wants are being met. That's why consistent interaction is vital to healthiness for all parties involved, right? Knowing what I want and knowing what I need never means that I disregard how my potential partners feel and what they think. That's just out of the question. There's no disregarding at all. Um, Establishing my healthy boundaries and my communicating effectively is how I can prevent unnecessary conflict between myself and my partners. So, there is no drama whatsoever. And I am happier when I'm alone. While solo while some solo polyamory practitioners can derive a lot of joy from being with a partner and that includes me as a solo polyamory practitioner I can derive a lot of joy from being with a partner I do know that I'm happiest when I'm alone Um, that relationship structure does benefit me because I value alone time and independence above everything else so final thoughts. While solo polyamory isn't for everyone, and that's okay, because a solo polyamory, people are not trying to dictate because we don't dictate at all. We're not dictators. It can be an enriching experience for a lot of people like myself who love to spend time by themselves. I do love to spend time by myself. I love being around people, but I do, disagree with heteronormative, cis-heterosexism relationship standards. Solo poly, for me, is, my, is one of my ethical ways of developing relationships without traditional expectations. So I want to clarify more misconceptions about my singleness. Um I prefer not to be in a relationship because I'm single by choice. Um I am content with being single because I enjoy being single. Um I I like to focus on myself without arrogance and my being single is not driven by the traumas of my past. And I actually love romantic relationships. I think romantic relationships are awesome. I just know that I'm not on the lookout for an exclusive partnership of the traditional kind. And you can have non-traditional monogamy, you know, where y'all design the life partnership that's not in accordance with how society says you should do it. That happens too. What I'm saying is, I'm not on the lookout for a committed bond, so to speak. Um, There's nothing wrong with me. I am single by choice permanently. I think love is real. I know love is real. I know healthy romantic relationships are real. At the same time, I am utterly content with my being single. I have healthy perceptions of love. I don't have any erroneous perceptions of love. I don't have any misperceptions of love. And... I'd rather commit to my humanitarianism first. Um, I don't want to try to juggle my career and my relationship. Um, Some people say you got to try hard enough to do both. I don't want to. Some people say you have a word perception of love. I don't and I allow people to misunderstand that I'm utterly content with my being single. And I don't need to be blissfully in love to meet my needs as a human being. Um, I am happy with my being permanently single by my choice. Um, I'm, better, I'm best and better at being ambitious about my life's callings. And I am unable to manage to divide my extraordinary energy by being loyal to a serious relationship that I'm not yearning for to begin with. Um, I, 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 I no longer think that I'm missing out on something. And I choose not to buy into the notion that I'm in need of a partner in terms of what fits in my life right now. I don't even imagine where a partner would fit in my life right now. Um... I I am complimented for being single for people for by people that understand me and what don't compliment me for it, I just let them misunderstand me I am a I am a permanent confirmed bachelor um my singleness is not caused by me being unwanted I'm I resist the pressures to partner up because society says there's a timeline to be in a relationship. And uh I casually date. I'm in the right mindset to do casual dating, and casual relationships. Permanently. I love my independence that much now and forevermore. I'm not settling for anything less. I'm not settling for toxicity either. Um, I am more than capable enough to do things on my own. I no longer second guess my decisions. I'm happily single. I'm not unlucky in love and I'm not lonely. I'm not unhappy. I focus on my healing instead. And nothing that I've went through in terms of trauma is my fault. For me, living without a partner has given me several benefits such as freedom, independence and strong relationships with myself and other people. I, too, have developed to be a more independent, more self-sufficient person, self-sufficient person, and that's humongously empowering for me. Now that I'm living life on all of my own terms, I do not let anyone or anything take away from me. Um... I'm not always on the lookout for a possible partner. I'm disinterested. I'm, I, I'm uninterested. I don't need any help in terms of setting me up on dates. My choosing to be single is different from um, just seeking out a relationship just to make it happen. I will sh- share my life with the right partners. So be that. I'm on the casual dating scene. I'm not on the commitment dating scene. I'm not a commitment dater. I'm a casual dater. Being single is no longer a big deal for me. It used to be, I was like, oh my God, I know that I'm not supposed to be in a relationship. Now it's more of, I highly respect it. I just don't fixate on it like I used to. I've learned to be more grateful about what I do alone. Being single doesn't mean loneliness for me and it's not a disheartening reflection of my character and my true identity. I'm pickier on who I possibly casually date, and I'm forever unapologetic about it. I work on myself every day, and I know what I want. I know what I need. I won't be with anyone who won't enhance my life. High standards are beautiful and right to live by. Nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with me because I'm not in a relationship that's exclusive. And as for sex. If it happens, it happens. It's going to be a joyous naturality. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And that's a joyous naturality for me, too, referring to sex. I don't meet people just to have sex. I get to know people. We bond well. And for some of those people, will include sex. And for those other people, not include sex. And that's a beautiful thing for me. My partners and I will not be toxic toward each other. Misunderstandings will be easily corrected. We won't have piling up fights and won't have unhappy relationships. And mean-spirited comments from some people that are overly fixated on traditionalism regarding relationships. I don't let those comments bother me because my self-esteem is that healthy. I must say this: that I just learned something new about myself. Sometimes I'm a re- res- uh, prosexual. It means that some, there are times, occasionally, that I do experience sexual attraction when I know that. The other people are sexually attracted to me This is um, As it's written The term is rooted in the word reciprocate Which means to give and take mutually And share the same feelings with someone Which is how I operate innately Reciproc sexual people can be Of any gender identity Any sexual orientation And sex characteristics Um, it can be a standalone sexual orientation as it's written, or it can be about other orientations as that's written too. That said, um, reciprocal, sexual is a micro label that falls in a wide asexual spectrum, even though, again, I'm not asexual, but I do experience that sometimes, um, and I love the fact that I found language that communicates my boundaries well, that communicates my needs well, that communicates my desires well, that communicates my, capa- my capabilities and abilities, all in sex and outside of sex. And these labels help me to understand what I'm willing to give and take in my relationships and helps me navigate my place within these communities. And I do have a desire to engage in sexual activities. I do have a desire to be in sex relationships and I do enjoy the experiencing sexual attraction. These are all true for me. I do enjoy giving sexual stimulation. I do enjoy receiving sexual stimulation. I am not sex-indifferent, I'm not sex-adverse, I'm not sex-repulsed. I do have a positive willingness to engage in sexual activity, albeit with some... ...reasonable framework, so to speak, so I'm completely sex-favorable. Um, and I must admit I always feel sexually attracted to others Um, I do feel I do feel compelled to initiate conversations and make the first move with others I let other people you know there are people that are always feeling sexually attracted to me And that there are others who always feel compelled to initiate conversations with me and make the first move with me. Um, And the term recipro-sexual just feels like a good fit sometimes. Occasionally, that's me. Mm, Love learning new things about myself. Um... Okay, so this is what I want and need to say about myself. I'm no longer questioning my sexual identity because I fully know it now and I no longer conflate being desired physically with being loved emotionally, and I no longer use sex as a substitute for love. I did suffer sexual trauma, and in the past, sex with different people in my mind at the time felt like it helped me reclaim my sexuality, um, but to you no know, avail. I did feel, in the past, I did feel lacking in affection and love for my immediate family and past partnerships. And I did use sex with others to fight that feeling in the past. I don't do those things anymore. Um, I, I don't. I did get out of a monogamous casual relationship in the past, and I used to want to capitalize on that period of being single at the time, but I don't do that anymore either um. I don't feel physically dissatisfied having only one sexual partner in terms of the casual sense. Um, Because if that's what's supposed to happen to me, I'm not going to fight that. Um, I do prefer to have more than one sexual partner, as you already know, but... My preference does not get in the way of what's right for me. If something's right for me, then what's right for me is more important than my preference. That's how I am. I do want and need to explore different bodies ethically. I ethically enjoy ethical sex. I am ethically powerful. And I am ethically free in my body. And I ethically enjoy sharing my body ethically with others, and others are the right people. And my body is wholesome because my inner life is wholesome, most importantly. I, ha- I used to have emotionally unhealthy reasons for my promiscuity in the past, now I have emotionally healthy reasons for me being ethically promiscuous now. Back in the day, I was traumatically promiscuous because of the traumatic promiscuity. Now I am ethically promiscuous. That explains my ethical promiscuity. Um, I behave ethically promiscuously because I ethically love ethical sex. I ethically want and ethically need to ethically explore mine and others' bodies with reverence. And I ethically want and ethically need to be ethically free and ethically powerful in how I use my wholesome body and my wholesome inner life ethically. So my being ethically promiscuous Is perfectly healthy. And I do so. In all the emotionally healthy ways. And. On occasion. I have multiple sexual partners at once. In all the healthy ways. So my casual sex. Is high brain powered. Not high trauma powered. When I was younger, because of the traumatic type of promiscuity that I was engaging in, I did feel like I was experiencing sexual addiction. It was never a mental health diagnosis. I was diagnosing myself. I felt like Even though my past did include sex with men and non-binary adults, it was mostly sex with women Um, because of the heteronormative trauma. um, I felt like, am I sexually addicted to women the most? Am I sexually addicted to men? Am I sexually addicted to non-binary people? And I'm like, no, I have no sexual addiction. In fact, um, sexual addiction has not been fully established by the science world. Um, porn addiction has not been established by the science world. Masturbation addiction has not been established by the science world. Erotica addiction has not established by the science world. I used to think I have all these addictions, but it turns out I don't have an addictive personality, so I didn't have those issues. Um, because there were times where I rebelled against how I was raised, and I didn't have any uh, sexual way of being, I tried to make myself sex-indifferent, sex-repulse, and sex-adverse, so clearly I didn't have an addiction. I used to feel like, do I have sexual compulsive behaviors? Like, well, I was able to graduate school and do well in college, so... I'm not sure if calling it compulsory behavior would be kind-hearted to my traumatic experience. It would just be, you know, where I had uh, a sense of... I had some restraint. I had enough restraint where I wouldn't call it compulsory behavior because of my saying, no, I want to be sexually healthy. I want to have healthy um, experiences of men, women, non-binary people. And I decided to rebel against organized crime, teachings on sex and sexuality. And at the same time, the religion teachings on sex, sexuality it was, religion, it was being religionized sex-adverse, religionized sex-repulsive, religionized sex-indifferent, I decided. I didn't want to be the religious v- visions either, so I was rebelling against the sexual purity I was taught back then, which is sexual impurity in it itself. So, um... I am behaving eth- ethically promiscuously... As an, ethic, as an ethical way of mind of appropriately celebrating my wholesome body, my wholesome inner life, and my wholesome freedom. And all ethical parties involved are enthusiastically aware, enthusiastically essential. Therefore, there's nothing to be ashamed of or about my nutritious and nurturing behavior that has nothing to do with unresolved issues i don't have any i don't have any unsolved problems either sad to say when i was younger the promiscuity is making me feel worse I was experiencing shame about my actions. I did feel a mixture of very high, very low, after mostly low. And it did feel like situations felt out of control to me sometimes and I did felt stuck and I was in need of help. But those problems no longer plagued me because I've gotten all the help I needed. Um. I have paused and considered my behavior and taken the time to do that. And I was bathing promiscu- promiscuously for reasons that was emotionally unhealthy to me. And I did experience high-rate sexual promiscuity because sexual assault, but my ethical promiscuity has nothing to do with any trauma, not even the assaults of the past. And when I was younger, I was using sex and multiple people to feel love, um and i was in harm's way as a result it wasn't to get back at a partner um it wasn't even to get at a loved one you know i never had a mental illness diagnosis so it wasn't because of that So I have the Healthy Empowerment of Promiscuity. And it was warped sexual healing of my past now experiencing healthy sexual healing of my present and it will be so in the future. Um, it had nothing to do with recovering from chronic illness. It had nothing to do with um any kind of sickness of the diagnostic type I was using sex in that way to leave oppressive repressive oppressive dynamics back then, and I was using sex to heal from psychological injuries of the crime about those ways are dead forever, metaphorically, and gone forever, metaphorically, they'll never be metaphorically resurrected, so to speak. So I I do rotate through numerous sexual partners in an ethical way. And I do sleep with adults of various gender and sexual diversity and the entire human diversity of adults. And, so you know, they're just it's just hookups ethical hookups ethical casual sex ethical casual sex ethical casual relationships ethical ethical booty calls it's not mean spirited or evil spirited or toxic spirited ethical social sex ethical friends with benefits that's what I call it ethical hookup culture for me and some are ethical one-night stands, you know. So my ethical promiscuity is my act of engaging in ethical, rela- ethical sex relationships with numerous people. But I am discerning, healthily discerning about who I'm having ethical sex relationships with. A person like myself who participates ethically Ethical promiscuity is known as being ethically promiscuous Or behaving ethically promiscuously. That's who and what I am And of course let's get involved with this I do have the magnificent importance of exercising beautiful caution With partners Of my life. I choose to act. Ethically promiscuously. And I'm fully comfortable. And glad about my motives. There's no logical reason for me to stop. That said. I understand. You know. I do engage in safer sex. Um. And all the risk. Makes sense. And that's how we keep each other safe. And the emotional safety is there. And at the same time, because I space it out and pace myself, I'm not always having sex all the time. Most of my relationships and most of my intimacies are not physical nor sexual. So I don't have a massive chance of contracting sexually transmitted infections and sexually transmitted diseases because... Ethical promiscuity means high-quality, hearted people... Who just happen to look good. Therefore, quality people don't come around every day. So that's why my chances aren't super high. You know, testing I'm not scared of that. Um, being forthright with my partners, but my other partners, when need be, and quite the same of them, we do that. An ethical promiscuity of mine, which is a, conducted in adult manners at all parties, is satisfied and made as all around safe as possible, is what we do. And nothing I'm sharing sexually violates any confidentiality or privacy on anybody at all. Um, I'm not ashamed of my ethical actions, promiscuity-wise, when it comes to other people, not even myself. Um, I don't accept slut-shaming at all. I am free with my sexuality. I'm not obligated to listen to detractors, naysayers, and haters in that way. I exercise every human right of mine to draw boundaries around how others talk about my body and what I do with it. And, um... I'm not made to feel ashamed of my actions by others because I am comfortable with my ethical problems good. I know what choices are best for me and my body. Um, If I have a lot of partners, it's spaced out and I pace myself. So I'm having a lot of partners in that way is a good thing. It's not something I'm aiming for, but because I enjoy quality people more than likely would have a lot of quality relations and um, my promiscuity did not have any transitioning genders even though my body shape and size was obviously changing because I was getting older um, it was more about Trying to experience joy and pleasure, but not knowing how to go about it in the right way because of the pain. But that's no longer my problem. Um, you know, I'll just do one more episode for Monday. Since let's just get this all out so I can just have all the religion talking about tomorrow. Um, it's just that I'm like, I don't want episodes to be too long because that's not good when something is too long. Um, I, I may repeat myself slightly, but this is what I'll say. Um, I'm sensitive to sexual anger, I'm sensitive to sexual annoyance I'm sensitive to sexual contempt, I'm sensitive to sexual disgust I'm sensitive to sexual irritation I'm sensitive to sexual anxiety I'm sensitive to sexual embarrassment I'm sensitive to sexual fear, I'm sensitive to sexual helplessness I'm sensitive to sexual hopelessness I'm sensitive to sexual powerlessness I'm sensitive to sexual worry I'm sensitive to sexual pride, I'm sensitive to sexual doubt, I'm sensitive to sexual envy I'm sensitive to sexual frustration I'm sensitive to sexual guilt. I'm sensitive to sexual shame, I'm sensitive to sexual boredom, I'm sensitive to sexual despair, I'm sensitive to sexual disappointment. I'm sensitive to sexual hurt. I'm sensitive to sexual sadness. I'm sensitive to sexual stress, I'm sensitive to sexual shock, I'm sensitive to sexual tension, I'm sensitive to sexual amusement, I'm sensitive to sexual delight. I'm sensitive to sexual elation. I'm sensitive to sexual excitement. I'm sensitive to sexual happiness. I'm sensitive to sexual joy. I'm sensitive to sexual pleasure. I'm sensitive to sexual affection. I'm sensitive to sexual empathy. I'm sensitive to sexual friendliness. I'm sensitive to sexual love. I'm sensitive to sexual negative and forceful thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual negative and not in control thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual negative and passive thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual agitation. I'm sensitive to sexual positive and lively thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual caring thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual positive thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual quiet positive thoughts. I'm sensitive to sexual reactive thoughts. I'm sensitive sexual courage. I'm sensitive to sexual hope. I'm sensitive to sexual humility. I'm sensitive to sexual satisfaction. I'm sensitive to sexual trust. I'm sensitive to sexual calmness. I'm sensitive sexual contentment. I'm sensitive to sexual relaxation. I'm sensitive to sexual relief. I'm sensitive to sexual serenity. I'm sensitive to sexual interest. I'm sensitive to sexual politeness. I'm sensitive to sexual surprise. Um, I'm sensitive to sexual... um, ...pensiveness... I'm sensitive to sexual gloominess, I'm sensitive to sexual tolerance, I'm sensitive to sexual dislike. I'm sensitive to sexual boredom I'm sensitive to sexual apprehension, I'm sensitive to sexual irritation, I'm sensitive to sexual dismay, I'm sensitive to sexual annoyance, I'm sensitive to sexual distractions, I'm sensitive to sexual uncertainty I'm sensitive to sexual interest sensitive to sexual attentiveness, I'm sensitive to sexual joy, I'm sensitive to sexual cheerfulness, I'm sensitive to sexual trust I'm sensitive to sexual surprise. I'm sensitive to sexual fear. I'm sensitive to sexual fright. I'm sensitive to sexual trust. I'm sensitive to sexual sadness. I'm sensitive to sexual to sexual dejection. I'm sensitive to sexual disgust. I'm sensitive to sexual aversion. I'm sensitive to sexual anger. I'm sensitive to sexual hostility, I'm sensitive to sexual anticipation, I'm sensitive to sexual expectancy, I'm sensitive to sexual ecstasy. I'm sensitive to sexual grief. I'm sensitive to sexual elation, I'm sensitive to sexual sorrow, I'm sensitive to sexual admiration, I'm sensitive to sexual loathing, I'm sensitive to sexual adoration, I'm sensitive to sexual revulsion, I'm sensitive to sexual terror. I'm sensitive to sexual panic, I'm sensitive to sexual amazement, I'm sensitive to sexual astonishment. I'm sensitive to revulsion. I'm sensitive to sexual rage. I'm sensitive to sexual fury. I'm sensitive to sexual vengeance. Sexual love equals sexual joy plus sexual trust. And I'm sensitive to that. Sexual envy equals sexual sadness plus sexual anger. I'm sensitive to that. Sexual shame equals sexual fear plus sexual disgust. I'm sensitive to that. Um, uh, sexual opposite emotions equals sexual four petals apart, which equals sexual anticipation plus sexual surprise. And I'm sensitive to that. Um, I'm sensitive to sexual bitter sweetness, which is sexual joy plus sexual sadness combined. And I'm sensitive to that. I'm sensitive to sexual ambivalence, which means sexual trust plus sexual disgust. I'm sensitive to sexual frozenness, which means sexual fear plus sexual anger. I'm sensitive to sexual confusion, which means sexual surprise plus sexual anticipation. Um, I'm sensitive to sexual resignation, sexual morbidness, sexual derisiveness, sexual aggressiveness, sexual vengeance, sexual victory, sexual pride, sexual submission, sexual sexual dominance, sexual submission, sexual modesty, sexual sullenness. You know, sexual outrage, sexual remorse, sexual alarm, sexual prudishness, sexual fatalism. So there's sexual sadness plus and plus sexual anticipation, which equals sexual pessimism. I'm sensitive to all those things. Sexual scorn plus sexual contempt means sexual disgust plus sexual anger. I'm sensitive to that. Sexual trust plus sexual fear equals sexual submission, sexual modesty, I'm sensitive to that. Sexual delight plus sexual doom equals sexual joy plus sexual surprise, and I'm sensitive to that. Sexual guilt plus sexual excitement equals sexual joy plus sexual fear, I'm sensitive to that. Sexual love plus sexual friendliness means joy plus sexual joy plus sexual trust, and I'm sensitive to that. So there's sexual anticipation plus sexual fear through sexual anxiety plus sexual dread. I'm sensitive to that. Sexual anticipation plus sexual trust means sexual hope and sexual fatalism combined. I'm sensitive to that. Sexual optimism plus sexual courage means sexual anticipation plus sexual joy. I'm sensitive to that. Sexual unbelief plus sexual shock means sexual surprise plus sexual disgust I'm sensitive to that sexual arm plus sexual alarm plus sexual awe means sexual fear plus sexual surprise I'm sensitive to that Sexual surprise plus sexual sadness equals sexual disapproval plus sexual disappointment. I'm sensitive to that. Sexual pride and sexual victory mean sexual anger plus sexual joy. and I'm sensitive to that. Sexual anger plus sexual anticipation <laughs> means sexual aggressiveness and sexual vengeance. And I'm sensitive to that. So... Sexual trust plus sexual sadness Sexual trust plus sexual surprise That's how you get sexual sentimentality Sexual resignation, sexual curiosity Sexual sadness plus sexual disgust Means how you get sexual remorse And sexual misery That makes makes sense Sexual despair means sexual fear Plus sexual sadness Sexual fear plus sexual disgust Is how you get sexual shame And sexual prudishness Sexual anticipation plus sexual joy Means sexual optimism and sexual courage Wow Yeah, I pretty much get the point You know Sexual cynicism Means sexual disgust plus sexual anticipation Sexual disgust plus sexual joy Is how you get sexual morbidness sexual derisiveness Wow Sexual surprise plus sexual anger is I get sexual outrage plus sexual hate. Um sexual guilt put in sexual excitement is a pride product of sexual joy plus sexual fear. Sexual joy plus sexual trust I get sexual love and sexual friendliness. Sexual anticipation plus sexual joy means sexual optimism and sexual courage. Wow. Sexual envy and sexual sullenness is a byproduct of sexual sadness plus sexual anger. Hmm. Like I said, if I have a lot of partners, it means they're high quality in inner life and they just happen to externally be outstanding. And if I have a medium amount of partners, they're all high quality in inner life and they're exten- externally outstanding. And if I have a small amount of partners who are high quality inner life, It means that they are also externally outstanding. And Numeration doesn't matter to me. Numerals don't matter to me. Having the entire catalog, the entire alphabet, the entire numerical system, metaphorically in terms of quantity and partners, sexually speaking, matters not to me at all either way all three ways either one or both or three i have sexual wisdom sexual clarity sexual discernment so i'll be more than just fine And I also want to say this. I need a partner who has sexual... I need partners who have sexual social intelligence, sexual social skills, sexual soft skills, sexual study skills, sexual multiple intelligences... (laughs) healthy sexual personal boundaries, healthy professional sexual boundaries, healthy sexual people skills, sexual moral development, non-religiously speaking, sexual life skills-based education, sexual kindness, sexual empathy, sexual emotional intelligence, sexual emotional literacy, sexual emotional self-regulation, sexual positive attitudes, um, sexual literacy skills, porn literacy skills, Erotic literacy skills, um, sexual interpersonal skills, sexual communication, sexual critical thinking, sexual lateral thinking, sexual creative thinking, sexual decision making, sexual problem solving, sexual assertiveness, sexual self-awareness, sexual empathy, sexual equanimity, sexual resilience, sexually coping with sexual emotions and coping with sexual stress. Managing sexual emotions, managing sexual stress, sexual numeracy skills, sexual transversal skills, sexual citizenship skills. Um, and they are, they have the five key sexual emotional skills of sexually recognizing, sexually understanding, sexually labeling, sexually expressing, sexually regulating, sexual emotions. Um, that's what I need out of my partners and um and i must say this I am so thankful that I, I get, you know, my sex partners will consist of women of moral integrity men of moral integrity and non-binary adults of moral integrity. I get to have to go sex with these uh, these priceless human beings. I'm talking about in character. They don't try to gain the whole universe. their essence and I don't try to gain the whole universe and lose my essence also